being a better human means knowing that you deserve kindness and that as you work on being more kind to yourself, it's going to make it easier for you to have better relationships and be more kind to others. Do you ever feel like you are the only one living a life that is too hard to handle? Welcome to the In Raw Life podcast, where we're going to talk about real life in its raw form. Each week, we'll dive into the stuff that nobody really likes to talk about because it's uncomfortable, painful, a little awkward, or just weird. We want to normalize all of that and help you realize that you can live out your dream even in life's messiness. I'm Sierra. And I'm Jessica. And we're living our dream lives in real life, in raw life. Welcome back to the In Raw Life podcast. We are so happy that you're here this week because this week we are talking about minimalism. How do you feel about that, Sierra? Um, very peaceful. <laughs> oh, I like that. You look peaceful. I, I love minimalism. I went to my happy place at the mere word of it. Aww. What's really funny is I love minimalism, and I do a decent job at practicing it, yet as I am recording this podcast, I feel very unminimalistic with all the things that I need to set up my podcasting station. (laughs) (laughs) So Sierra, before we get into all of that, what's your reality check this week? My reality would be... Oh, I guess I'm a little frustrated because I feel like I cannot keep me or the baby fed because he's growing and he's huge. He's the size of a one-year-old easily. He's in 18-month clothing. No problem. And he eats. He's still nursing. He's eating all the food. He's eating baby food and my food constantly. But I am so busy feeding him all the time because I feel like he has a bottomless pit of a belly Hmm. and I'm still nursing. So therefore I require more calorie intake and I am so starving constantly because I'm either feeding, like I'm, I'm draining myself of all the calories and then I'm forgetting to feed myself because I'm so like, I'll start to eat and then he starts screeching because he smells food. And I'm, I just start feeding him and then forget to give myself any food. And because of that, I am so irritable. Like yesterday, hmm. my husband said to me, down, girl. Eat some food and come back. Like, <laughs> Girl, you so, hangry. I was so – I've just been, like, hangry for, like, two weeks now. Ever since this baby uh. has become a bottomless pit, I am highly, highly grumpy. And then add – so, like, I'm trying to feed – them breakfast all morning and get out before it gets hot, which it gets hot at nine. So it's Mm -hmm. impossible, but I usually get out to walk at nine and then I'm going for this walk on an empty stomach. By the time I get back, I mean, I am surprised that I haven't murdered people along the way. I get so mad. I get back and I'm like, that's it. I'm moving to Antarctica. This is the worst. I'm just, oh, don't talk to me at 10 at 10 p.m. or Nope, 10 a.m. <laughs> don't talk to me at 10 a.m. I am not a pretty sight to talk to. Man, I don't know how you do it. I, I mean, if I'm hangry for like 30 minutes, it's really bad. And that's without being in the heat. Yep. Ugh. Constant state of hanger. 
plus heat equals one. Hulk rage, Sierra. Oh, <laughs> motherhood. Motherhood at its finest. Yeah. In the summer. Gosh, and I don't like being the person that complains either. And that's so frustrating. Like today I was walking around thinking to myself, you are a pain in my butt referring to me mm. because I'm just, I'm tired of hearing myself complain. Mm. I even said, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, ugh, it's just too hot out here. And she's like, it is so hot. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I am the complainer in this situation. I am never the complainer, but I had maxed out. I had no food and I was just complaining away. You know, it's okay. Sometimes, sometimes you can be the complainer. I don't like to be that person because I'm so grateful for all this stuff. The more that you get hard on yourself, the worse you're going to get. Or at least that's how I work. Like when I start going down frustration path. Frustration lane. <laughs> frustration <laughs> lane. That should have that should have been my, my nickname. <laughs> I, yeah, once I start, I mean, even this morning I was getting frustrated about something and then this and then that. And like it just like rolls like snowball effect. So mm-hmm. I literally yeah, it have. It definitely does. That's true. I literally have to stop myself and say, like, check myself and be like, you need to get out of this. Like, take deep breaths. This morning, what I did was put on calming music and that got me out mm, of it because I could good. feel, I could feel the tension in my jaw. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. Oh, no. Well, okay. What's your reality? Why was your jaw tense this morning? Oh, uh, that's, I mean, that was just normal life, you know, my kid not wanting to do what she's supposed to be doing or whatever. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't say that's my reality check. I actually have a fun reality check today that I thought of this morning that I'm glad that I'm going second. So maybe this will bring lift you up. Oh, good, good. My reality check is that we have officially been friends for 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Which is almost <gasps> half of our lives. Wow. Isn't that insane? That's true. Our friend anniversary is in August. I know. And I was thinking wow. about it and I was thinking, 15 years, wow. And like at the time we didn't think about it because we thought we were already adults, but we grew up together. Your oh. college years and into your twenties <laughs> and you know, getting married and having kids. Like that's the real growing up, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah. So yeah, that's it's my the becoming an adult for sure. That's my reality oh, check today. I love that. We had to celebrate that's... our friend anniversary on here. Yeah. So Heck cheers. Yeah, we do. Cheers with our water. Cheers. I have some coffee. Ding. It's bad luck to not drink after a real cheers. Yes, yeah. Sorry, people. <sighs> so now that that now that business is taken care of, <laughs> should we talk about minimalism? Yes, yes. I love this subject. And it's not that I purposely went down a road of minimalism to be like the diehard minimalistic people, like the two guys on Netflix in the documentary. Have you watched that? Oh, no. I heard about it just today, actually, but I don't (laughs) really know much about it. I watched it and it was – A little too hardcore for me, but luckily also in my research for this episode, I was reading about, you know, minimalism is different for every person and it's really just about what helps you. That's true. 
Because for those guys, it's really having just about nothing and their house looking very clean and clear and purposeful. For someone else, it just means mm. cleaning up this section of their life or cleaning up that section of their life or not, or only having things that they want and need versus all the things. One of the in, – in my research, I read that minimalism is about clarity, purpose, and intentionality. I would highly agree with that. Intentionally promoting what we value most and remove what distracts us. I like that. I like that. So that's kind of, that's like, I would say like the definition and the, the meaning behind it. And it forces the intentionality upon us, which looks different for everyone and requires us to dive deeper and become more introspective about our values and passions. That really spoke to me. And I also love any opportunity to challenge anybody to become more introspective because, mm-hmm. man, that is – introspection, I'm realizing, is one of my – what is the opposite of a pet peeve? Your jam. Like, favorite, my favorite characteristics of people mm. when they're introspective because, like, I just – man, there's something so – sexy about an introspective (laughs) person you're like i can have deep conversation with you Mm -hmm. you are not Mm closed-minded you are willing to change let's have coffee and be best friends forever yes 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 that is that's that's a big thing on my list and i didn't even think about putting in those words until you just said it i love it (laughs) i didn't think about putting it into those words either introspection is sexy came out of my mouth so you know (laughs) but yeah i mean minimalism it's really just about clearing out the clutter whether that's physical literal clutter from your house and wherever you reside and do your things if that's removing people from your life that you know are not serving you or distracting you from what you really want to be doing it's really thinking about What's the purpose in my life? What do I want out of my life? What do I want to spend more time on or who do I want to spend more time with? And then clearing out the other things. Yeah. I also have realized that minimalism can exist in your thoughts as well because mm-hmm. we let me start by saying that when you clear the clutter in your physical space, I think that clears the clutter in your mental space, mm-hmm. but even still like even I've like I've worked towards becoming a minimalist and I would say I'm very minimalistic with the exception of some sentimental things that are hard for me to let go of. Mm-hmm. I still have moments of a super cluttered mind. And I was in my research, I was realizing that you the same way that you clean up your space and let go of things, you can also do that with your thoughts and like just how you were saying, like what h- how you described it as. What did you say that minimalism is? When Intentionally you- promoting what we value most and remove what distracts us. Yes, that. So when you're – if you think about in that in a mental situation, if you're intentionally promoting healthy thoughts, it helps you to get rid of the unhealthy ones. And when mm-hmm. you notice healthy ones, you're like, wait, I'm going to be intentional about – dismissing you, removing you, focusing my mind back on what is good. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think minimalism can cover so 
so many categories in our life. And that's why it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, what most people think about is the physical aspects, which I would say is a good place to start because then it kind of helps you with all of the rest, the mental, emotional parts of being minimalistic, which requires you to take a good look at the things that you possess and decide if it's what you want or not. The uh, the minimalists, it's Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. I hope that's how you pronounce their names. They are the minimalists from the documentary on mm. Netflix. And their rule is the 90-90 rule. So it's kind of like what Maria Kondo-ish. But their 90-90 rule is you look at something and you think, have I used this item in the last 90 days? If the answer mm-hmm. is no, will I use it in the next 90 days? If the answer is still no, then they say bye to it. Well, that doesn't apply for Christmas decorations, so... Exactly. I know. It, and again, it's different for every person. And to them, you know, Christmas decorations might not be something that they care to have. Like, that might not be something that feels exciting to them or or good to them. It might just... Or something that they value. It just might be a distraction to them. Whereas you and I are people who value it. And when we put it up in our house for those few months, it brings joy to us. Like it almost makes it feel better in the house. Yeah. So that's not something that's a distraction. I mean... And I've gone through my holiday decorations over the years too to have only what I actually really like having and that's quality versus just the quantity of it. Yes. Yeah. Now that that I fully agree with. I think while you don't put up your Halloween decorations within 90 days on either side. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't – yeah, you don't put them up in April. But – But that's kind of their – their general rule. And I think it's something that can, if people are looking to start, is something somewhere that they can start with. Yeah. But to what you were saying, like, even though you don't put them up all year, you only keep what is so important to you or what you value or what you think Mm -hmm. looks good. I've definitely weeded out some decorations over the past couple of years. And it makes me happy because then when I put things up, even... I actually haven't even got rid of all of them, but when I put stuff out, I intentionally only put out that which makes my house look like a Hallmark movie or Mm -hmm. a very spooky witch's cavern, whichever holiday it might be. Like I, I have a purpose with my decorations. And so really I need to get rid of the other ones that I don't use as much. But again, that comes back to sentimental value and I'm not one to speak on that. So, (laughs) and that's okay. That's how you do it. Um, one of the, one of the big reasons why I started weeding through all of my stuff and becoming, are you okay? Yeah. Oh, I have, um, speaking of lack of minimalism. So <laughs> I have this drawer that won't shut because a screw is loose and I need to get in and tighten the screw and it's so distracting because it's not flush and it yeah. makes me stressed out, but we can, we should soon get into the OCD aspect of minimalism, which I think is unhealthy for me, but you go first. <laughs> Continue <laughs> okay. what you were saying. Um, I was saying the reason why I got started to get really into it and weeding through what I have was partially practicality. I was a single mm-hmm. mom with just me and my daughter living in a two-bedroom townhouse with a little more than we probably really needed for the two of us. Mm-hmm. 
And thinking about, you know, what if I'm, what if the next move has to downsize even more? What if the next move, I really don't have any help and I don't have the money to hire help. I need to be self-sufficient and be able to do this myself if possible. And that was awesome because it really helped when we did do this move and there was way less to move and pack. Yeah. I mean, it was, we had this done in, I think, three car trips, like three car loads full and two uh, U-Haul trailers, Mm -hmm. two different trips. Like the one was a small trailer and one was the bigger trailer. That was it. Yeah. Tire house. And that was furniture, clothes, everything. Um, Jay always gives me a hard time because I go through these clean out sprees and it usually happens after we've moved. So when we moved into this house, he's like, really? Now you had to bring all this stuff yeah, from yeah. California before you decided to get rid of it. Oh, I, yeah. I thought I got rid of a lot of stuff in California too, but then you move and you're like, well, I don't really have a place for this. So mm-hmm. I guess it can go. So yeah, we, we penskied that. Those things all the way across the country for no reason, but. (laughs) So one of the things when I first really started getting rid of things too that I did was if it was something especially a little bigger that I used a lot, I would take it and put it in a closet. And if a few weeks went by or a month went by or even a couple of months went by and my life was better off without it or I didn't even think about it, it was gone. Yeah, that's I've actually heard that from a lot of people that help with minimalism. They talk about those things that you have a hard time getting rid of. They say the same thing. Put it in a closet and let let it sit there and a lot of times you'll forget about it. But if you if you remember it and you need it, then take it out and use it and that shows that you need it. Actually, when I did KonMari, <laughs> so I did the KonMari method. I totally went through all of my stuff except for the sentimental. I never got to that, which is maybe why I have such a hard time getting rid of it still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I went through it all, the clothes are first and I was so gung ho. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of everything. This is great. And we, between me and my husband, we threw out, I think eight garbage bags full of clothes. Holy moly. Yes. Maybe one of those was shoes. I feel like we had two bags of shoes, but I don't still. know if that was part of the eight or not. Anyway, It was a lot of freaking clothes. And afterwards, I felt so much lighter. I only had things that I absolutely loved in my closet. Mm -hmm. But then that was in the summer, and it started to get a little cooler. And I realized I got rid of all my jeans. (laughs) I was like, what have I done? So there were certain things that I was mad at myself for having got rid of. And I had wished that I put them in a bag for later just in case. But, yeah. So – I think there's a balance of of getting rid of everything versus – but at the same time, which is what KonMari says, she, she looks at it as um, how – think about the rent that these things are taking up. So mm-hmm. if if you have like something that you think that maybe you'll wear one day, how much rent is it taking up in your, in your closet? How much would that cost – if you look at it monetarily, it might also help you understand it mentally. Like if it's, I don't know, if it's taking up a whole dollar worth of space, let's say, that's a dollar extra from your mind as well. I don't know. This is getting very 
very metaphorical. Well, I mean, if if it's, you know, if you keep thinking, oh, I'll wear it one day, oh, I'll wear it one day, that's taking up, yes, space in your head, too, of continue to think, oh, when will I, when will I be wear that thing? Oh, it'll happen one day. Oh, but it's not yet because I don't, I don't look good enough in it yet, or it's not in season, or it's out of, or it'll come back. And that's the other thing, is the... When it's something that you want to be able to fit into one day, like you have to consider the negative thoughts that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, remember when I used to be skinny. Remember when I used to, if only I could be, which are not necessarily healthy, which well, no, those are definitely not healthy. It could be healthy if it's, I am going to lose 20 pounds in the next however long so that I can Mm -hmm. fit into that by summer. Okay. Then that's goal oriented. Keep it. But if it's just something that you keep thinking like, Oh, one day, one day Mm -hmm. it's not serving its purpose. Yep. She also, while we're on her, one of the biggest, biggest helps that like one of her tidbits that helps me the most to get rid of clothes Mm -hmm. is she talked about, first of all, when you have stuff hanging in your closet that still has the tag on it, she Mm -hmm. says you're, you will probably never wear it because your brain is processing it as like a store item, not as like your personal thing. So there's like mm-hmm. this disconnect between your brain and the item. So it's, it kind of never becomes worn. Interesting. And then she says, but you have a really hard time getting rid of it. Cause you're like, Oh, I paid for this and I never wore it or whatever. So she says to thank every item that you get rid of for its time, which helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank you for your time. I can let you go now. But um, something that you've never worn, you have to thank it for what it's done for you. So maybe you're not actually going to thank it out loud like I do. But if you think about what the good purpose that it served, even unworn. So it's like, okay, you thank you for giving me the thrill of the purchase when I bought it. I was so excited when I bought this and that in itself served its purpose and that's enough. Or maybe it's also teaching you, hey, this color orange doesn't look good on you or polka dots aren't your thing which would be so sad but you know whatever it is you have lessons to learn from these items you're not using and you have to thank the item for that lesson i still i do not understand how people have things in their closet with tags on when i buy something i am so excited about it i will wear it within that week like if i buy say like what if i happen to buy three things in one purchase which does doesn't really happen anymore those things are going to be worn within the next three days probably and then in my like wow. weekly or every other week rotation. <laughs> no, I have never had something hang – I don't think ever had something hanging in my closet with the tag on unless it was bought for a special occasion and then it comes off at the special occasion. I think maybe it's the thought of perhaps I need to return this or something. I don't know how the tags get left on. I mean, I know plenty of people who have things in their closet with tags on that they've never – like, they get rid of it with tags on still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I'm one of those people. Yeah, no, I'm not so one of those people. I'm like, if I could walk out of the store in it, I would. Because when I buy something, I'm that excited about it. Like, I really, really want it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. See, I have buyer's guilt. This is something I need to get over. I buy something and I'm like, oh, man – should oh, so do I. Myself, probably not. I probably should have got something for the boys or whatever. And so the only – the most recent shopping trip that I went on was for my birthday. First of all, I had to get a little intoxicated. Second of all, Jay had to come with me and make the purchase because I have such a hard time buying stuff for myself. I'm like, I don't I'll, – I'll justify the reason I shouldn't buy something 
it's ridiculous. And then I have all these old clothes and it's, it's just, I need to go shopping. I've always been that way. I've always been a, like, you know, a saver and do I really need this kind of person? Like I don't just spend money willy nilly on stuff, but, and I, you know, after I, and no, and even after I purchase sometimes I'm like, oh, should I have, but I'll make that decision very quickly too. Like, should I have? Mm-hmm. No, maybe I shouldn't have. I sh- like, and then it goes straight into a return pile that gets returned within a week. Or, no, this is exactly what I wanted, and I try and like I put it on like yes, like so excited and tags off. Hmm. See, what I just learned from what you just said is that if I buy something, I just need to be super proud of it and accept that it's purchased. Because if I put anything into a return pile, it does not get returned within the week. It sits there for a few months until it expires past the return date. And then I have already like let go of that thing in my mind and I probably won't wear it anyway. So it just goes to goodwill with tags on. Yep. Just be decisive. That is my lesson. Have confidence, Sierra. We already talked about that. Right. Be proud of what I purchased and mm-hmm. freaking own it because the other thing is Jay is helping me to appreciate when I buy stuff for myself because he wants me to look good. Like he likes it when I look good, not when I'm wearing old clothes with holes in them that are saggy and whatever, mm-hmm. because I've nursed in them a hundred times, <laughs> like the dress I'm wearing currently. But anyway, well, so you know. yeah, lessons, lessons learned. Yeah. Two things that I used to help weed through clothes. Cause I feel like that's probably something that a lot of people have an issue with is mm-hmm. the first thing was the, on January 1st, you turn all of your hangers around and if by January 1st oh, of the next good. year, something is not turned around, it's got to go because you haven't worn it in a year. And I feel like that's a good, easy wow. first step. And then the second step, what really got me was I loved the idea of a capsule wardrobe. Do you know what that is? Mm, I think so. It's like where so it's, you have it's like, all the same colors. Not necessarily. Everything can complement each other. So like sometimes you can do it by like your whole entire wardrobe or you do it by season and you have a certain – like you just set the amount of pieces that you want. I don't think there's like a diehard rule. But you say, you know, I'll have this many different pieces, like a variety of shirts. Say it's fall. Shirts, jackets, skirts, dresses, shoes – handbags, things that all can complement each other and make lots of different outfits than just individual, oh, this shirt can only go with this. This dress can only go with this. So everything can kind of complement mm. each other and becomes a little capsule. So like, you know, think about if you were to go on a vacation for two weeks and you don't want to pack two suitcases, you want to make sure that everything that you pack can kind of go together so you can make different outfits even though you only have these few pieces. So that's the idea behind it. And I went through my whole closet and I picked out, okay, here's my summer, here's my fall, here's my winter, and here's my spring. And they can all complement each other and go together and have kind of a color scheme. So it wasn't super capsulized, but it helped me cut down on things. And I was like, if anything doesn't fit into this, no, that's too many shirts in that one and it doesn't fit anywhere else, it's gone. And that was over a year ago. Mm. And at first it was like a little hard because I do love like what I had. But then it was – I haven't missed it. And it's so much easier to get dressed because you've got what you got. And then, you know, it saves money because when I would go shopping, I was like, oh, that's really nice. No. Is that something that I already might have something similar? Is it quality? And do I have the money or the space? And am I willing to get rid of something else for it? Nope. Then I don't need to buy it. See, I have had that mentality. That's hard for me to do with clothes because I'm obsessed with dresses and I like 
all of my dresses to be like ridiculous and bold. So I don't know that that would apply, but I completely apply that same mentality to my house. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then it continued into everything else. I kind of started with the mentality there and then it continued into the rest of my house. Like I see something cute. I'm like, oh, do I really need that? Do, do Am I willing to get rid of something else for it? Do I have the money? Like it's a quality. All those things I ask myself anytime I look at something that I'm interested in purchasing. Well, what I meant for the house, I, I mean like the fact that it all goes together. Mm. So once I learned the idea of keeping your house so it all kind of matches and you can take an item from one room and put it in another and it'll still flow. It changed so many things for me. Cause again, Jay would get so frustrated because I'd come home with something that I thought was so cool. And he's like, where are we going to put this? Cause it doesn't match anything. Mm-hmm. And it like, it was just an impulse purchase because I thought it looked cool, but it really doesn't match. And so that's helps me with my interior design of my house is to only focus on things that that match the look of my entire house to like mm-hmm. keep my house a capsule. Capsule yeah. decor, they call it. No, they don't. <laughs> I call it. It is now. Yeah. It is. Capsule decor. Along with, you know, what we talked about at the beginning, I feel like one of the big things about minimalism is finding the quality over quantity. And especially in today's day and age people just Mm -hmm. there's a lot of materialism and a lot of oh I need all of these things to be happy I mean even when Emmeline was little I thought oh she needs all these different types of toys so that she can be entertained and she's not missing out you know there's a fear of missing out and then I realized no she doesn't need all of these different things like when she goes to play at a friend's house she gets to play with different types of toys when she's at school there's different things when we go to a children's museum or a park there's different things like and it's okay if she misses out she doesn't need to have all the categories so i even did that with her room mm-hmm. but she does not know about this one time when i was doing this and i went it was the day to go through her room i took the old car seat travel bag while she was asleep and went through I hope she's not listening right now, but she might be. (laughs) Um, This was over a year ago, so it's okay. And I started going through her stuff of, you know, these are little trinkets that we really don't need, little toys, whatever. And I just Mm -hmm. stuffed that thing full. And that's a big bag. It's like the size of a child. And I – How would you know that, Jessica? (laughs) I'm good at looking at things and have spatial reasoning. (laughs) You haven't put your child inside of it. No, never. Her around. She probably would want me to, but no. I've definitely put my child in a suitcase. (laughs) Of course, too much fun. Continue anyway. I did the same kind of concept though, because I didn't ask you know her opinion, and so I put that stuffed zippered bag into our hall closet. And she would see it and she never asked. And then finally, months later, she never asked about any of the things in there. Even though I know if she saw me do it, she would have fussed about half of it at least and then it sat in our front foyer for about a month until i finally put it in my car to donate she asked one time what is that i said oh it's just stuff she said okay never asked about any of those toys ever and then she went with like with me through all of her stuff a few months later and i said okay you need to pick like three or four categories of toys that you really like and those collections you can add to but everything else needs to go 
because we're not going to have like, yeah. oh, I love LOLs, but then I also love dinosaurs, but then I also love this, and then I need these new things too, and then that's just how things build up. And the same thing goes for us. Like, yeah. pick what you like, and also yeah. make sure it's quality. If you buy a quality pair of jeans, all you need is one or two pairs, because then guess what? They're going to last you a lot longer. You can wear them every day like I do. You can wash them plenty and they're going to last you. But if you just buy, you know, like crappy $10 jeans and 20 of them, you're going to go through them even quicker and then you're going to have to go buy 20 more pairs. Yep. I'm glad you brought up Emmeline's toys because I wanted to to give this tidbit to you that I do with Arrow's toys, which helped me keep it very minimalistic. We have boxes for his toys. Mm -hmm. So I have in his room, I have a bookshelf and I have like a super tall Ikea bookshelf and it's white because that's another, another part of my minimalism. For me, this works amazingly is making sure everything is black and white. And then the pops of color are like cute things Mm -hmm. that I add because it just like makes your brain process things so smoothly. Like everything's Mm -hmm. just basic black and white, add some green plants, and then all the other things that you really love are pops of color that stand out. And at Christmas time, it's all red and green and it looks really cool because everything else fades in the background and Mm -hmm. your brain doesn't have to process it. Anyway, that's my my way of doing it. But um, for the toys, so we've got this tall bookshelf and we have four boxes that go in it. Um, we have another bookshelf with more boxes. We've got lots of boxes, but every, all the cat, all the toys are categorized by whatever they are. So we've got a box of cars. We've got a box of Disney cars, cars, and a box of trains and a box of um, like learning stuff. And then I can also cycle through the boxes and I put some in the garage. So mm-hmm. he has, it's like he gets new toys whenever I put the new boxes in. Yeah, that's a really good tip for anyone with, especially young kids, but really kids in general. Yeah, he's getting older now that he knows what's in the garage, but in the beginning he was like, look at this. He swore it was brand new, even though he played with it, you know, six months before or whatever. Even if they know it's not brand new, it keeps them interested. Like they're not just like, oh, I play with the same stuff every single day or there's too much of it that I'm overwhelmed and don't know what to play because they haven't played with it in so long. And then for me, like instead of one big toy box, it helps me to categorize them out too. And so, and I have them in cute Ikea boxes, wicker boxes. Mm -hmm. So they are pleasing to look at. It's very, it's flush. It's not just like toys, toys everywhere. The same way that it is smooth and copacetic for me, it's the same for him because he knows all these toys go in this box. And so when he's playing... He can't take out a new box until he puts another box away. And that is something that I drilled in him early and something that they do at his Montessori school too. So they he knows no new toys, no new work until the old work, work is away. But he's also able to process, okay, this is everything that's out. It all goes into this box. Sometimes it looks overwhelming to him so I can help pick it up. But when he when I'm not paying attention and a few boxes get out, he's like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So the boxes thing has really mm-hmm. helped. And then you know too, one of another thing that Kanmari says is that if you have a designated space for something and that space starts to fill up, it means it's time to get rid of things. So mm-hmm. instead of getting another box for more cars, which unfortunately I will have to do because my husband won't let me throw away any of the cars, but 
Typically, if I didn't have a husband who had a car obsession, once the car box starts to get full, I would dig through, which I still might do. Jay, don't listen to this part of the podcast. Um, I would go through and pull out the cars that Arrow doesn't play with anymore and get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So that way, like the box will only fit. Like we will only have as many cars as the box will fit. Or as he gets older, you say, do you really need any more cars? He might say no, but his father mm. will still say yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. There is a giant box of Hot Wheels in my mother-in-law's basement. Oh, man. That belonged to Jay. So. Yeah. Uh, the other day, my Arrow saw his, he doesn't go to school right now because of COVID, but um, he, we, like his school is right down the street and he saw that his teacher had a new car and he's like, where's her other car? And I was like, oh, she sold that to get a Jeep. And he was mm-hmm. like kind of perplexed by that. He didn't like that idea. And then he came home and he told Jay, daddy, uh, Miss Turner sold her car to get a Jeep. And daddy said, son, in this house, we don't sell cars. We collect them. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> this, is, this is my life. This is my forever. But I am part of the problem. I have, I have a hard to, the, the problem is I name them and then I become attached. See, mm-hmm. this is the thing. Do you have any tips on how to get rid of the sentimental items? Because that's my struggle. Yes and no, because I'm a sentimental person. So I hold on to stuff like that too. But if it's tip one, don't name things. <laughs> You'll never be able to let go. Oh yeah, sure. But no. I don't know. I mean, I have sent, you know, like our memory boxes that I put special things in. One of my things that I'm going to do with like Emmeline's artwork and schoolwork that I've kept is there's a cool service that does it too, but I know I can do it myself. Take pictures of it all and then you make it into like one of those really skinny Shutterfly books and then you have the memories without having the stuff that takes up space. And you know, we live in a digital world. If it comes to like family pictures and stuff and it's taking up space that you don't want it to take up, you can digitalize it and keep it somewhere or turn it into a skinny book also, you know, stuff like that. So you still have yeah. it. Um, one of the things, one of the blog posts that I looked up on minimalism was the blog Money Under 30, talking all about how minimalism is great for your pocketbook. And it was... Mm. Basically saying that it's about living with less, but this also includes less financial burdens, such as debt and unnecessary expenses. Like we were saying, you know, minimalism can also be a mental thing and things taking up space in your brain, but it can also be causing burdens on your finances. Like how? So one, you know, if you buy lots of things because you're all about the quantity that's spending money, which could rack up debt. Mm, yeah. Uh, when you get rid of stuff, you could sell it, which could make some money. It will make space in your house, which means you could potentially live in a smaller space. You don't need such a big house sometimes. You can then also be free from financial worry. You can get rid of clutter that doesn't add value to your life. You can spend more on experiences rather than stuff. And you can then be happier and less stressed and develop better relationships. So you can be rich monetarily and emotionally. Yeah. And so one thing I forgot to say earlier was um, how I was saying like when something takes up 
rent in your house. This is a, maybe a little contradictory to what you just said, but the thought too is once you get rid of it, if you need it again, you can buy it. You can buy a newer version of it, which will be nicer and last longer, hopefully, instead of the, I don't know, it's really bad timing. It was poor timing on my on my part to say it now, but <laughs> the thing is you can always buy another one if you really need it. Mm-hmm. So on the Money Under 30 blog, they named three really great blogs about minimalism, if you are interested in looking more into it. One is The Minimalists, which was those two guys that did the documentary. One is Becoming Minimalist. And the last one is Miss Minimalist. And I found a seven-day challenge on one of these blogs to help get you going. The seven-day challenge is on the first day, you declutter your workspace. So whether that's, you know, where you work at an office or at home, or maybe it's just kind of decluttering space, you know, counter space around your home, if that's where you spend most of your time, declutter, put things away, maybe do the Maria Kondo thing or what we talked about Number two is practice single tasking. So that can kind of help declutter your mind, make sure that you're really laser. Oh, what is that? So that's where you're making sure that you are focused on the one thing at hand. You don't need everything else that's going on. And especially if you've decluttered your workspace, you'll be able to focus on the task at hand. Number three, clean up your desktop and inbox. So this is kind of work geared a little bit at the beginning but you know when you have a crazy desktop I know for me like if my actual house is not organized or my physical desktop but then especially even my computer desktop and my inbox if there's too many things going on like I haven't paid attention to it and organized it I I don't function well because I'm thinking about that in the back of my head versus what I need to be doing number four is declutter your mind which I know we've talked about this recently doing a brain dump That's where you can literally take everything out of your head, whether it's a task, a to-do, a worry, an exciting thing, or even just what you need to buy your mom for her birthday. Like, write it all down on a list. Just write everything out that you can think of (laughs) or the dream you had last night, whatever. And then it's out of your head and you can look and be like, okay, this is what I need to deal with. This is what I need to deal with. This is just a thought. This is a worry. Here's how I'm going to deal with that. Um, Number five is go social media free which is kind of hard when you run an Instagram for your podcast. But I understand it. I Like, I don't really <laughs> do that much social media for personal reasons lately. And I'm not that – it's not that I'm against it, but sometimes maybe you just need that break from it to kind of get back to yourself and what you really care about and what you value. Number six is declutter your schedule. If you feel way overscheduled and like you don't have time for everything that you want to do or all the people in your life, maybe there's, I'm sure there's stuff on your schedule that is just not as important as you think it is. And that is not what you need to be putting your time into. Yeah. Remember to be intentional about what you're putting in your life. That's the whole point of minimalism. Mm -hmm. I freaking love that. That includes your schedule. And that includes people in your life too and who you're willing to Give your speaking time to, your hangout time to, whatever. And then number seven is refresh your home. So that's kind of what we talked about, you know, making it 
making it look and feel how you want it to, and hopefully not too much stuff around so that you can actually clearly think about what it is that you want and need to be doing. And guess what? When you have less stuff in your house, there is less stuff to clean. Bam. So I think we've come from a generation of stuff and Mm -hmm. perhaps it has to do with um, your income level too. I think, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I know that my Nana was part of the depression and she collected things because she didn't know when she could get something like that again. And then I think that just kind of, you know, rolled over into my parents and it started to roll over into me. Like I was a collector for sure. And I had stuff everywhere. And I remember when I would decorate, I would think like, how do I put all of my stuff into decorative form? And then I realized that, and I think Marie Kondo's book has a lot to like help me out a lot with this, but I realized that, or she says in her book, that everything you see, your brain is processing and especially with words. So if you think about, you know, like cleaning items or anything like that, everything that has a label, your brain walks in and it starts processing that even just at a subconscious level. You don't even realize it. So like think about when you walk into your laundry room, how you're processing Tide, bleach, you know, fabric softener, whatever, you know, like so much to process. But if you just simplify your life if you put your tide into a like a mason jar or something if you get rid of your all of your knickknacks or shorten the amount of books on your shelf to only that which you actually read your brain doesn't have to process as much and it really does give you like a sense of relief and um the reason that this is so fresh in my mind is because we just got back from vacation and I don't remember if I said this on the podcast or not, but when we got back, my husband brought everything in and it took me like a week and a half. Actually, there's still a couple of things I have to put away. It, it took me like basically we'll say two weeks before I could fully unpack it all because it was so much to process. Whereas if I had brought in one at a time, it which is what I was planning on doing, I could process, okay, this one is done next. But when you're, when I'm looking at all of it, there's a lot more mental mental stress, so it's overwhelming. And because of that, last week I was so stressed with everything mm-hmm. in life, not just not just the unpacking part. Like I, it took me forever to just get my head screwed on straight in the morning because my brain was processing so much clutter throughout the house. So mm-hmm. sincerely, I mean, it's it's not just my experience; it's scientific. There's scientific research to show that when there's less for your brain to to see, your mind can have more rest, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like I like to have a clear sink at the end of the night, so in the morning I can come into a fresh, clean kitchen. As long as you don't have a as long as you don't have a man friend who leaves things everywhere in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those men friends. It's a process. Well, I think we did it again, Sierra. What did we do? Podcasted. We did it. Woohoo! Well, thanks for joining us again for another episode. Hope you got some fun tips and that you clean up your act and clean up your house and get a little minimalistic. As always, we'd love for you to be part of the show. So shoot us an email at podcast, nope, yep, podcast at inrawlife.com with a 
voice recording of what you think it means to be a better human. And if you're petrified of your own voice, that's okay. You can type out what you think it means and we'll read it for you. We want you to be part of the show, so send that over. And if you love us so much that you want to share us with everybody that you know, which we know you do, please screenshot when you're listening to us and post it to Instagram, post it to your stories, post it to your feed, send it in a text message, send it in a group message, send it to everyone that you know on Facebook, in email, on Pinterest, wherever you hang out. We would also love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our beautiful podcast, and that will help our podcast to grow so we can reach more people and help more people because that's what we're here to do. Until next week, I hope that you take a few of our tips. I hope you throw at least one thing away or donate it if it's still usable. And make sure that you tell it thank you. Bye! Not like huge. That was the dog. <laughs> what? Sorry. There was a squirrel that came down and peeked in the window at me. <laughs> squirrel! Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What was that? <laughs> the squirrel was still looking at me, and then Ellie tried to get in through the window. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I was ready for it, but it still scared me. A religion? Can you hear me? Relationship. Her develop a religion. <laughs> no, I mean, you could do that too if you want. You have free more time now. Booming. My husband just pulled up and is booming outside. I ain't got it. I ain't got a button. Hello, friend. Clean up your act. <laughs>